The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hoes and homies. Today's episode is brought to you by a podcast called Sext in the City, hosted by Samantha Jones. Hope you enjoy. Later that night, I got to thinking about safe sex. Odd how only when our physical life is at risk do we follow certain guidelines to protect ourselves. But what about our emotional lives? Wouldn't it be nice if there was a little pamphlet to warn us what unsafe behavior might be high risk to ourselves or our relationships? And even if you take all the precautions and emotionally try to protect yourself, when you crawl in bed with someone, is sex ever safe? We are back with season three, episode 11, Running with Scissors for Sex in the City. In this episode, we are going to talk about Charlotte finding out about Carrie's affair with Mr. Big. Miranda worries about a scary man in a sandwich suit saying, eat me in a, what she calls woman unfriendly way. Samantha finally meets her male sexual counterpart, but she needs to overcome a fear for AIDS tests to be able to ride that ride. That's best way to say it. I guess Carrie is torn between Aiden and big who says he is ready to leave Natasha for her for this episode. I am with the co-host of the Homance podcast, Nicole and Sarah. Welcome. Thank hey. you. Hello. Very much. Hi, I'm Sarah. Just so everyone knows my voice. And Nicole. We are from the Homance Chronicles podcast and we're excited to be with you today. I personally have watched all of the Sex in the City episodes probably twice in my lifetime. Um, I'm pretty sure I went through that. I did not. That twice. <laughs> No, I did not know that, nor did I do that. Learning I, new things I think I've about her. Eight full episodes. You you get me for eight full episodes for the entire existence of that show. And the one episode that I do really actually remember is the one you're talking about today, ironically enough. Yep. It's going to be out. a good time. Mm-hmm. Real well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you- that... Uh, sandwich suit is the thing I remember most vividly from that episode so I forgotten until you just mentioned it and then I was like oh yeah that was pivotal <laughs> it's pivotal but I'm also like what's the storyline here I don't so know random everybody knows it but I'm like why <laughs> yeah good question i'm not sure there wasn't really a story it just is the visual that is stuck in my head (laughs) yeah it's just like the image that's waiting to be the next meme of the moment i don't know what it's going to be for but it just seems like it's going to happen well let's make it happen with this episode we're going to start a (laughs) meme movement with this episode (laughs) yes (laughs) what are we here to talk about today because we are ready to go you've got us in rare form Mm -hmm. (laughs) have you been doing shots before are you like let's go no we're just giving away all of our fucks we've got none left to give it's 2021 all of those were left in 2020 so yeah oh 2019 2019 it's fine yeah long gone (laughs) We already patted our own selves on the back for each individually being on time to this today. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little win. Gotta, yeah. Just got to celebrate those little things. That's how you keep going some days. <laughs> so I'm curious to know, and I'll let you both answer individually. Is there a character that you feel like you relate to the most? Nicole? You know, through the years... <laughs> I have been different uh, iterations of these characters, I feel like, as uh, I was coming out of, like, serious relationships. I always had, like, a more Samantha phase, which I would say is I'm still very much, like, do your own thing and you don't need to be in committed relationships as long as you're being safe and smart and yada, yada. Um but then I've also been 
like a Charlotte carry combo at some points where I uh, make things maybe harder than they need to be, but then I'm also like desperate for wanting something to happen. <laughs> so they, they both kind of get in their own way sometimes. Um, so I think the only one I can't really identify with that much is probably Miranda. Oh, you know, I was just going to say like, Miranda for me, I feel be like, I'm usually, I would say I'm a, between her and Samantha because some days I'm just like, Oh, okay, whatever. But then other days I'm just like, yep, we're going to have to go in and get sexed up real good and hard and heavy <laughs> <laughs> and not be sorry about it. But like, <laughs> You know, I don't, like I said, I only watched like eight full episodes, but I think I know the characters enough to say that I would probably relate more to Samantha, like in my single life. Um, but I don't know, maybe Carrie too a little bit when I'm in a relationship or I want a relationship, you know, which I currently am in one. So maybe I can relate more to Carrie now. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's Definitely one of not. the things is they're all very distinctive, but a lot of people they'll mostly identify with one, but they're kind of like, but I'm actually kind of a combination. Mm-hmm. And you do have like these different phases of your life where you kind of do get to experience the different characters and you can kind of understand their side a little more, whereas maybe they drove you crazy the year before. <laughs> right. Very much so. I I feel like, um, you know, Charlotte's like excessive planning and like anxiety ridden way of living is me whenever I'm stressed out. <laughs> I'm like, my, my stressed out version of me is Charlotte. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I always never felt like I related too much to Charlotte. Like she was just so traditional and conservative and she seemed like the goody goody of the group. Lost. But- like lost and innocent and cu- like completely yeah. unknowing. And I'm like, girl, get a grip. How do you not know this shit by now? Yeah. Like, especially with these friends. about her. But lately I've been like, wow, she actually is really good at making what she wants happen. Like she was like, I'm going to get married and she made it happen. And then it's like, like she has her list of values and what she wants and she doesn't really compromise. So I kind of find her admirable in that aspect. Yeah. The other day I heard that Paris Hilton is known of, is known as like the queen of blue balls. And so is Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Because she's also like, that's, I mean, those things go together because she never wanted to give it up and we are putting it as like, she's naive, but she really was like holding out for the right people or for it to be special or whatever. Man, Um, she was like the OG of like setting your boundaries and sticking to them. (laughs) Right, right. The queen of blue balls 2.0. Actually, she'd be the 1.0 because Paris Hilton came after her. Yeah, she's OG. <laughs> that is a comparison I wouldn't have put together, but I like it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. My extensive uh, knowledge of pop culture things is really quite embarrassing sometimes. <laughs> so, on your podcast, you talk about dating disasters, poor choices, and sex stuff, which is very similar to this podcast. And I thought it was interesting for this episode in particular because the question of the episode. I'll, I'll read it for everyone listening is Carrie wonders later that night, I got to thinking about safe sex odd. How only when our physical life is at risk, do we follow certain guidelines to protect ourselves? But what about our emotional lives? Wouldn't it be nice if there is a little pamphlet to warn us about what unsafe behavior might be high risk or ourselves for our relationship. And even if you can't take all the precautions and emotion, and emotionally try to protect yourself when you crawl in bed with someone is safe sex ever set safe. Wow. That was a mouthful. Are you just looking for us to go ahead and answer this? Because there's multiple questions within this question. So I'd like to break Mm -hmm. it down. (laughs) And so I think we can kind of talk too about like what even goes into this question and it starts everything. With one aspect of Samantha's storyline about how she is terrified to get an AIDS test and this guy won't have sex with her until she gets one. So that's kind of 
weighing your risky physical behavior. It's really a That's reality accountable. check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wasn't planned at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it, it's, you know, you, you have to be accountable for your actions and that little piece of paper is going to be really disappointing if your actions are embarrassing to you. That's the first step in my world. Just, ugh, people get into bed and they're in the heat of the moment. And I, I, sometimes I feel like if you're not good with yourself, then you're going to be less safe. Like if you don't have those boundaries, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what's her name? So like, if you don't have as, yeah. So if you don't have as much respect for yourself, then you're maybe more willing to be risky. And then that emotional toll is probably a lot more, I would assume. But yeah, there's a lot that goes into that question. Let's unpack. (laughs) I mean, from Samantha's point of view, she's obviously then scared about what the results could be. And that's why she hasn't had it before, hasn't had the test done before, I assume. Um, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say obviously, but, um, (laughs) she makes it seem obviously. (laughs) Yeah. So to me, um, as somebody who has, you know, been sexually active for two decades, um, (laughs) I don't think that there's been a year though, that has gone by where I haven't just done my due diligence to, make sure that I'm good. Um, just in all regards, you know, and whenever I get my annual physical, like put that on there, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's a certain level of responsibility that comes with being an adult, not just that you're like a sexually active adult. Um, so it's crazy to me that, she hadn't had this test done anyway, that there's somebody who is prompting her to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, That's it's even interesting worse. to me that she's afraid. That doesn't seem very Samantha. Oh, right. I, I don't know. I think it does kind of though, because she's not really good at uncovering a lot of like those deep, deep things of herself. Those are really difficult for her to tackle. Oh, and I think that's one of them. Yeah. Cause that's a big topic. That kind yeah. Of I guess that kind of oh, goes with what you were saying about, about herself and how she kind of just like breezes over stuff almost. Mm-hmm. And it's like being serious and it's like scary cause it's serious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's somebody else telling her too. It's like the outside opinion, the outside world. It's, it's that bubble being broken, like that purple, purple, perfect homeostasis, you know, bubble that she created of everything's just going to be fine. It's no big deal. If I don't know, then it's no big deal. It's going to be fine. Somebody comes in and pops it. Yeah. There's a lot of like shame, I think around her behavior, even though she's got a front that all of this behavior is, um, almost feminist in a way. She like very much stands up for like, I can choose to have this lifestyle. I don't need to, you don't need to put me in your traditional box. Um, but the reality of it being potentially that she's introduced herself to unsafe situations and not been smart about it is probably where the shame actually is. Mm-hmm not in the behavior itself right it's the outcome it's the thing you caused (laughs) because at that point it becomes not just about yourself and your behavior but it's you've done something that can impact other people right right I remember there was another episode with Miranda when she had it uh STD I think she had chlamydia and she had to call like all of her exes which I was like I don't even know any of their, like, how do you even have their numbers? Well, I guess they used to write them down back then, but. <laughs> so it was a different She's time. She's calling from like her work office too. And I'm like, that's <laughs> awkward. I know. 
I know. I was so excited when they when not because I needed to use it, but like the opportunity to text people anonymously that, hey, by the way, I have a disease that I just got tested for. And now you might need to get tested too. And this is an anonymous message. So go get your stuff taken care of. Like that's cool to me. And I mm-hmm. hope that people start using it. But yeah, that that I think there's a lot of like a lack of privacy and secrecy too with that era, maybe. Cause now you can get tested at home and it's just between you and the people that did your test results and all that stuff. But she's making a big deal out of it. Now she's telling all of her friends, <laughs> it's just getting worse and worse. Cause it's like, she's got to be more accountable for her actions. Cause she's got to actually get the test. Cause now we're all curious. <laughs> it's like your behavior is going to be like permanently marked on a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. And then all your friends are going to have that opinion of you. And then you have to like, and it alters your whole like future if you have something that you now have to carry with you into potential future relationships if you so choose to continue, right? Some people get so upset they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I think I can see that being a big thing for her is like, what if she has to give up the thing that makes Samantha Samantha, which is like her sex life? Right. Oh God, I can't imagine. <laughs> The show wouldn't you even be insane. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't right now. It'd be so terrible. <laughs> awful, awful time. <laughs> scary, scary time. No one wants that. Nobody wants that at all. And well, I think like the bigger part of the question that Carrie's wondering is: Okay, Samantha has done this risky behavior, and now she has a test that tells her like yes or no. Like, was this actually problematic for you to behave in this way? And Carrie's having her own issues, which is kind of the main part of the episode in which she's saying, you know, how, how do we determine if our behavior is emotionally risky also? And like, we can get hurt in terms of our feelings. Like, is it safe? Is sex safe in that way? Not just a condom protection, but like for our feelings, which have lots of feelings on this because I could have obviously told you what you're doing is not emotionally safe. (laughs) not emotionally sound option at all but go ahead (laughs) so she is still cheating on her boyfriend Aiden with her ex-boyfriend Big Big is cheating on his wife Natasha with Carrie and and so let's talk about cheaters and cheating and that emotionally risky behavior Um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me is Big is acting jealous of Carrie and her boyfriend while he's still cheating on his wife, but then he decides he wants to leave Natasha to be with Carrie. Um, Carrie says she needs more time because she's wondering like, does big only want her because, because he can't have her. Yeah. Cheating is a, first of all, anybody that cheats is an awful human being and you can recover you can grow. It's understandable. And there's maybe some trauma associated with it, but actively going against vows and knowing that you're becoming more and more emotionally involved in somebody than the person you're with is so dangerous on so many levels because it it's almost like it's not real and so it gives you it affords you the opportunity to just do whatever you want just be as risky as possible that's my opinion so I see it but it's like an uncomfortable reality when everything comes together and you know you have to cut ties with who it is you're choosing to cut ties with and all that other stuff it's just like so messy and weird and uncomfortable it's not an emotionally safe space my opinion again (laughs) it definitely does kind of seem like when you're cheating it's because like you want something you don't have rather than like dealing with what you do have and working on that yeah I mean, there's two schools of thought too. Like one is you want to collect humans because you just are a bad person. But then the other part is like, I don't know how to regulate my emotions and trauma that has come up in the past. And this is how I'm going to deal with it. And this is how it comes out. Two different things, I think. But I technically feel like most cheating relationships are born out of emotion and not out of just attraction. And it's because you're missing something in your relationship or you're, you've got a hole of some kind that um, 
isn't being filled. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I feel that most of the time cheating is sparked more by not being emotionally fulfilled instead of physically. Although, I mean, with men, I'm sure it tends to happen more when their sex life is probably not at its peak in their current relationship. However, why is your sex life not at its peak in your current relationship? Usually because something's off there. Um, so, you know, in regards to is, is sexual activity or, um, uh, I guess these more, what we call physical, more physical relationships safe for your emotions? Of course not. I, I mean, no matter what, you're going to have emotions and feelings about whomever you're deciding to participate in these activities with because it's just going to naturally occur. Like you may want, like, even if you try to just keep it to something physical, you're going to end up having some sort of like pillow talk or whatever, or get hurt because you, one of you wants it to continue. One of you don't, it doesn't, or who knows, but it's all rooted in emotion, in my opinion. Yeah. Carrie, she, she does a lot of wondering in this episode and she is just like, who are we doing this? How did we get here? And it's kind of like, who are cheaters and why do they cheat? But I do think a big part of it is the emotional side. Yeah. I mean, she, she was questioning, I don't know if it was in this particular episode, but throughout the time that she was with Aiden, she was questioning if he was the right person for her. And by even just questioning, is he the right guy for me? She's instilling doubt in her mind by having doubts that allows an open door for big to come in. And entertaining the conversations that maybe wouldn't normally have been entertained if she was secure in the relationship. Right. Maybe there's an, an addiction to like the new potentially too. But yeah, I agree with Nicole. Everything's seemingly rooted in emotions. Because if you get into a relationship like Vig and his wife and they are missing, they have that emotional gap from the jump, it's probably just going to get bigger and bigger, right? Yeah. They, yeah, I think they had an age gap as well. They did. Mm-hmm. Which created um, some disconnects in their relationship and, again, left this open door for Harry to come in. I think that's a really good point about doubt too, because Carrie seemed really needy with Aiden in this relationship, but she did. She just never seemed sure about him, but he, despite him kind of always coming across as like the perfect man, there was just something there. She always like questioned. And I don't know if it was more of like her self-sabotaging, but I definitely think that kind of opened the door to her being willing to kind of play with fire with big knowing kind of what that always led to for her Mm, i think it was a form of self-sabotage truly i think that she probably inadvertently was doing it to herself if anything because you know you get fearful of the what if because there's the doubt and then eventually you have to feed that what if with finding out right? Yeah. I mean, like the entire time she's asking herself if she really knew a way out of the situation. And it's easy. There is a very simple way out of the situation. You are making it more difficult. Hence what I said at the beginning, she gets in her own way. Yeah. (laughs) Makes things harder (laughs) than they need to be. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Huh? We all do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the reason why she's questioning if there's a way out or not is because she's so invested emotionally. If it was just physical, she'd be like, it'd be a lot easier to cut ties, but it's Mm -hmm. not. At the end of the day, she always really wanted big. And I feel like no matter what Aiden did, because they could, they portrayed him as that perfect boyfriend. It didn't matter because he wasn't big. Yeah. Nope. I almost feel like she was addicted to the idea of big for the longest time. And that's what prompted a lot of that interaction. 
is that she was addicted to the idea of being with big and like the concept and not necessarily when it was actually occurring. That's possible. I mean, they both seem to also be like very avoidant personalities. <laughs> um, so there's a layer of um, like a, a lack of commitment that keeps that drug going. Like mm-hmm. every hit is like an endorphin hit because he won't commit. And she also, I think, wrestles with that. Yeah, it's I like gambling. I think she's kind of more of an anxious personality. Yeah, I mean, she might she might be both I, or represent both. But um, a lot of times I feel like she like puts things kind of to the side. <laughs> She seems anxious with Big and then avoidant with Aiden. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. That's probably why so many people are like, well, I can relate to her during this time frame, but not during this time frame, because they kind of switch her up a little bit yeah. um, in regards to her, like how she interacts in her relationship. She doesn't have one true blue way. Neither. I don't think any of them really did, did they? Charlotte, maybe. I would say maybe Charlotte did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She probably had it planned out, though, you know. She always has a plan. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that Big actually would have left Natasha for Carrie if he had wanted to by then? Like, does the husband leave the wife for the mistress? or, Or did he like the allure of them together? And that was it in what circumstances, like, would he have left or if you think he would, I I honestly think that he was addicted to the fantasy life that they were living. I don't think that he ever would have actually left left because he, I mean, he would have, right. Yeah. If a guy wants something, they're going to do what they need to do to get it. And he just didn't, he let it keep going. I don't think that it ever really works out when um, someone leaves their wife for their mistress, even though him and the mistress have history. So, I mean, I guess I kind of, I did a blend of real life and and TV in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) My history soap operas tell me. But um, even, I guess my point is that I feel like even if he would have left, which, I mean, I think eventually he does, or you said in this episode he did, like he said he was ready to leave Natasha at this point. Um, it, it still probably would never work out between him and Carrie. No. I guess we're going to find out with the final reboot coming up soon. <laughs> For real. <laughs> that's right there's a sex in the city three movie coming out right they're starting they're doing a new season of the show oh they're doing Uh, a season i thought it was without samantha i was gonna say samantha bailed she's like f you guys i'm out (laughs) right she's not interested right i thought they were doing another movie i didn't know they were doing another season yeah i think there was a metaphor that they mentioned in the show for it was kind of, um, they used hotels as a metaphor for their affair and how it was going and how it started at the plaza. And it's like the plaza, nice place, kinky affair. And then they're ending up in, in the motel six. And so I think it kind of demonstrates like this fantasy that you start out with before, like getting into the reality of things. hundred percent. The fantasy diminishes really quickly when reality starts to come into play and you have to make the adult decisions like do I leave my wife of however many years so that I can be with this person that I only really know in this one way yeah and that you don't have to deal with on the day-to-day you don't know if they leave their dishes in the sink you don't know what like real life is like with them exactly you only have that fantasy version of them didn't Carrie and Big live together though prior to this 
they lived together at one point or they were going to live together because they were looking for apartments together. I think that was in the movie one. Oh, that was yeah. in the movie with her closet and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was in the movie. So I um I do remember that happening now though, that meta- the metaphor that you talked about and how like it was all fancy and like he was it was kind of like he was courting her in a way. <laughs> And then, and just like any other relationship, it slowly fades. <laughs> First date versus 10th date, here's what you get. Right. <laughs> well, it turns out later in the episode, Big doesn't even have to tell Natasha because then they start, after the hotels, they just start fooling around inside his and Natasha's home. And Big like goes back to work, but Carrie's still there hanging out. And Natasha walks in and catches her which leads to like her falling down the stairs and having to go to the hospital. And then Carrie's the one that has to take her to the hospital. But Natasha's upset because she finds out they're having the affair. She said she knew about the affair and just hadn't said anything. She's upset that they started doing it in their home. And I was thinking about that is so much more disrespectful when you're doing it in in someone's home. And like, I guess it's because you're invading their space. Do you think that's the same thing or... I think they lost some of the excitement around um, their initial sneaking about and being in the fancy spot in the fancy spot. So one part of having an affair is like the adrenaline rush, um, the the sneaking around factor. So it's almost like they had to level up in their in their adrenaline rush or their sneaking around ish behaviors um to get the same hit like <laughs> see like, I take like the risky up a notch let's do it in the house yeah yeah because they were losing like the excitement and the momentum and the adrenaline and all these other feelings that hit you with like different dopamine triggers right so she starts getting unhappy the environment starts getting meh now the affair is not very exciting so let's up the ante. <laughs> yeah. See, I feel like that's just like a, a, um, a f- one of the effects of the fantasy fading and real life starting to happen, you know, too. Sure. It's just like, I'm too lazy to go rent a hotel room. Just come to my house. It's fine. She's not going to be here. You know what I mean? Like, sure. but, it's she, just- but she has to, but like if big proposes that, then she still has to agree to it. And when you agree to go to the house, there's a different, I feel like there's gotta be a different level of emotions that are happening, knowing that you're kind of like trespassing. Um, Oh yeah. Is it the adrenaline or is it the, like you want to self-sabotage and get caught? So it ends maybe. That could be it. Or it's a matter like he's being lazy and she's going, oh, he wants me in his life. So he's going to invite me to his house. I must mean more to him now than I did when he was taking me to hotels. Maybe that, you know, was like, he may have been ashamed or may not have been so um, personal. But now that they're becoming more involved, bringing her home means like, it's like the next step in her eyes. And it's like, oh, this just makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, you called it kind of like an addiction and mm-hmm. it's sort of, it sort of is if they ran out of options or couldn't handle planning things or finding hotels or whatever, they were so addicted to this behavior that they were going to make it happen. Even if it was 10 times riskier than before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found it interesting that Natasha said she knew it was happening. And I'm like, you haven't called them out yet. <laughs> she doesn't know how seem people like live with that person that would just let it go. I mean, there's two types of people, right? There's the people that know and they create the master plan. And then there's the other person that just finds out and loses their shit <laughs> immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, Big's worth a lot of money. Right. So if I was Natasha, I wouldn't say anything up front either. I'd empty the bank account first. Oh, I would document it, get proof, avoid the prenup, empty the bank account. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think at that point too, like if you're in a relationship and it's obviously just a fiscal relationship and there's no emotional attachment, master plan all day long. (laughs) 
<laughs> soon as there's like the emotional tinge to it, smashing windows and breaking things. <laughs> yeah. I also wondered basing this on another TV show I've watched <laughs> someone cheated and then they wanted their partner to go have an affair so they could like even it out. I'm like, was that part of Natasha's plan? Should she have just gone and had her own affair and they could like start over? I don't think that's healthy. There's nothing. I healthy. I don't, I'm not saying it's mature. Or healthy. No, I know that. <laughs> I just I like, I don't understand. I've never understood how like you cheated on me. So I'm going to go cheat on you. And now we're going to be even like, that's just adding fuel to the fire. Yeah. I don't think she would have done that. I don't. I think she was too proud. Yeah. To stoop. I don't think she would have done it either. I mean, there is this element of like women's intuition of her thinking that she knew about the affair, but maybe she just did want to have actual proof. Mm-hmm. So, and she wanted the bank <laughs> account moved to a private island. Well, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just pretending. If I were Natasha, <laughs> <laughs> I would get and my ducks I- in a row before confronting him. <laughs> Making this about her all of a sudden. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, something else that happened in this episode that's making me think of Carrie as the other woman is, so Charlotte finds out about Carrie and Big and she's upset because she has like her own wedding coming up and she's like, oh my God, people like disregard their vows. Um, And she asked Carrie, does she ever even think about how the other woman feels in that Carrie's being really selfish and only just thinking about herself and if she gets caught. And I'm like, well, that's very Carrie because she does only think about herself. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like when people, man or woman, if they're having an affair, are they like really considering what they're doing to someone else's relationship? Someone told me one time in the context of like people cheating, if you're the other person, they were like, no, it's not your job to protect someone else's relationship. And I'm like, still feels kind of bad though like if you know what yeah, you're but doing. I would stop a kid from running into traffic you know what I mean like there's <laughs> if it's not my kid I'm still gonna stop the kid I don't know I think that there's a moral code where if you're not because Carrie was being incredibly selfish yes but she was probably also you know addicted to the fact that Big was telling her about the relationship and or lack thereof and justifying it that way you know, you never yeah, know. What I was going to say, I, I mean, if she's engaging in this behavior to like get a high, then as much as she thinks about Natasha and how it's affecting her, it almost doesn't matter because it's not enough of a, a reason for her to, I guess, avoid getting that high, you know? So it's um, super selfish. Not that she didn't th- maybe think about it, but I don't know if it's enough to get in the way of this like addiction that she's created. Well, she also didn't have to like deal with her on a daily basis either. So out of sight, out of mind, really. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. It just plays into the fantasy. She doesn't exist. Well, yeah. And I mean, if Big is talking about how him and his wife aren't connecting and Natasha's too young and doesn't get it and da 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 then yeah I'm sure to Sarah's point Carrie is justifying Mm -hmm. that he's not in a happy relationship anyway and it was it was unhappy before the affair started so she's not the catalyst it's Uh, his fault although she's not helping (laughs) She's not the reason that their relationship is broken. She's just, she's making it worse, but wasn't, it wasn't her fault is probably how it's. For telling herself that it started because they're already falling apart. Yeah. And we just have this insane draw to each other. Right. But then I think about Aiden, he's like, what are you doing to him? He has no part in this at all. And Big's the other man to Aiden. Such a good human gets torn apart by somebody's actions. And like part of it too she wants to protect him and you know be the perfect girlfriend to him and the other part she's not satisfied because she's addicted to big yeah it's a have my cake and eat it too situation mm-hmm. bitch 
bitch. <laughs> Carrie's just the worst. She's terrible. Yeah, I found it interesting at the, I think it was towards, I mean, it had to be at the end of the episode when everything came out. She's like, I found a way to like get myself out of this situation. And like, I made it back home and I'm like, you didn't get yourself out of the situation. Like you got caught like again, not, not making you got sense caught in the most dramatic way where you had to take the wife to the hospital. Like, <laughs> Can we redefine what getting out of it means? <laughs> Let me die. If I walk in on someone having an affair on me and she's the only one to like take me to the hospital, like, no. <laughs> Let me die. Call 911. F My that. blood is on your hands. That's how I want you to feel for the rest of your life. <laughs> nah, bitch. Take me to the hospital. I stare at you for the entire time and say absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you very uncomfortable <laughs> and use you to my advantage. Oh yeah. I can't, I, she, I honestly, I feel like she should have just walked away personally, but I can't imagine yeah. having to sit in a vehicle with somebody and just exist when you've done something so terrible to their emotional set, mindset. Cause she knew about it, which makes it even worse. Now it's like real. It's real life. It exists. And that shock and that emotion is so raw. Mm -mm. I can't imagine. Yeah. It just always seems like she's just trying to find ways to make it about herself and thinking she's going to be the one who gets hurt in this scenario. And I'm like, you're the one who's playing the most people. (laughs) (laughs) Right. She's like, oh, what was me? I had to take this, this woman to the hospital and I'm sleeping with her husband. Like, oh. You did this to yourself, though. She's like, I'm the bigger person because I got out of the situation and said it was over. And it was like, no, you got caught and it had to be <laughs> over again. <laughs> yeah, stupid. That was ignorant of her for sure. <laughs> oh, the writing from the 90s. I love it. Or early 2000s, whenever this yeah. was. It was this early 90s. 2000s. 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that probably checks out right. <laughs> it's crazy that it's, I was wondering what year it was. So I'm like, okay, it's like 20 years ago. I was going to say, yeah. are we going to do this? <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, they were doing, they're doing the reboot because of the 20 year, maybe not. That could be a lie. And it's all stuff people still deal with. It really is. But now we have like more tools to figure out how to deal with them and a lot more like support structure stuff going on, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you catch someone cheating, you shame them on social media. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> I was watching TikToks of this girl the other night and she, she was making them about her ex-husband cheating on her. And I was like, this is therapeutic for you. It feels very personal, but like good for you, I guess. Yeah. They make, it's like they, watching therapy someone do therapy. Sometimes. Well, that's the thing. Like therapy, mental health is so expensive in this country. that Some people just take to TikTok because it's easier. And, you know, and you're free. sharing it with other people. Maybe they learn something and find value in it. Or you're just getting validated. Yeah. I mean, people love a juicy story, so she's also. probably like, let me spin this to get something out of it as well. I think there is something about when a relationship ends, like wanting to make sure that you look like the better person in it. Like, oh, no, it's not my fault that this ended. Like, let me, let <laughs> right. me tell you what happened. We're going to be right. <laughs> right. I'm no. not going to take accountability for the breakdown that happened prior to my husband having the affair. And <laughs> the whole catalyst is to why he decided to step out of the marriage. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I made absolutely no effort to emotionally connect or have communication. No big deal. Let's like here. She's like, yeah, I'm the one who ended it and walked away. And again, it's like, 
you're the one that initiated you're the one trying to make yourself look like the good girl but you're not yeah you're not you're not the good person I mean obviously she's trying to make herself feel better validating and justifying her actions by being the better person at the end of it but it's just not gonna work it doesn't work like that would you be interested in playing a round of rapid fire questions Uh uh-huh sure are we both supposed to answer or are you gonna direct them individually you can both answer. Okay. Yeah, it'll be quick. It's just like. Well, like, because Sarah and I have a very yin and yang personality. You're going to get very different answers, I'm sure. That's what'll make it <laughs> You're going to get the most different answers. <laughs> <laughs> or exactly the same. It's, it's never a gray area. It's either exactly the same or exactly opposite. <laughs> right. Okay. First one. Would you rather be the cheater or the cheaty, the cheated on? Man, I know what it's like to be cheated on and it sucks, but I didn't, I can't, I can't imagine going out and causing somebody this kind of pain ever. So I would always probably have to be the one to get cheated on. Mm. Mm. I'd probably be the cheater. (laughs) (laughs) Opposites. Yeah. I'm working on my feelings. It's fine. Okay. If you catch someone in the act of cheating on you, do you confront them or do you go with a long-term plan? Oh, confront right away. Sorry. If I'm catching them in the act, there's no, there's no way like you have to confront them if Mm -hmm. you've caught them. Yeah. If I walk in and you're doing something, we're all walking out together. Yeah. There's no time for planning (laughs) if you already, if you're confronting them in the moment. However, My spidey senses would hopefully tip off that there's something happening and I'd have a long-term plan done prior to that confrontation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You can't like sweep it under the rug if it's like too obvious that you know. Yeah. I I just, I, I cannot hold anything in period when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I am immediately, immediately going to say something. Yeah. And ruin whatever place we're in, whatever restaurant where it doesn't matter. If I find so either out, way, you find out, you're like, I'm saying something. There is no time for planning. No, nope, not even a little bit. I don't know why either. I think it's just like the um, my anxiety gets the best of me, and I have to say something immediately because I'm an, yeah. like a right now kind of person. Mm-mm. Otherwise, I can't. I can't function. I can't do anything. My daily tasks. I can't work. I can't. Mm-mm. I have to get that right off my head right away. <laughs> I've started trying to like write things so I don't say them. I'm like, it's old. <laughs> How's that going? Please tell me. <laughs> it's hard if you're like interacting with a person, but if you like get an email from work or like if you get a text message that makes you upset. Or if you're like on the phone with someone, you can even kind of like write it down. Like, this is what I would like to respond, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it's harder. Like if you're just like face-to-face interacting. Yeah. That's my, my big thing right now is like in the moment patience. <laughs> We're getting there. What is it? Um, there's a thing. I feel like we were talking about you being into like pop culture and stuff. And I'm like from another TV show I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> When they were like, if someone says something to you, like, and it like irritates you or something, you just calmly say, that's interesting. I'll give some thought to that. Thank you. Oh, I like that. Oh, I appreciate the feedback. That's and a good then, one. and then like you acknowledged it and then you like remove yourself and like, you kind of like end the conversation. I do that in my professional life for sure. I have no problem disassociating because those people mean nothing to me at the end of no, like no offense, but you know what I mean? They're not like my my family, my friends, they're not my chosen people that I hang out with. So if somebody says something off kilter, I'm completely okay with, oh, wow, I appreciate your feedback or your vision. I like your lens or whatever. I'm deflecting is fine for me. But when it's personal, absolutely not. Can't do it. (laughs) Not happening. I generally can take a breath for the most part. I'm pretty good at being able to take a breath and not just like look. <laughs> opposites again better. huh opposites again yeah yeah <laughs> I I mean similarly to like 
the line that you just gave, I have, I guess, prepared scripts in my head that I work on with my therapist so that I am like ready to go. Mm -hmm. They're all, they're all stored up here though. I haven't written any of them down, but a lot of times it's like, a lot of times it's just, um, remembering to come from a place of like empathy remembering to come from a place of compassion Mm -hmm. and not just immediately reacting. So everyone's coming from a different perspective and brings their own experience. So, right. So I've tried to do better at being compassionate, which is actually easier in my personal than it is in my work. Yeah. We're the opposite. I'm more compassionate to strangers than I am my personal people. And she's, I'm more compassionate to people that I actually like and want to spend time with. And then I'm less compassionate to coworkers where I'm like, you had one job, bro. Like, (laughs) (laughs) That's why I find being in public with her incredibly entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) The way she interacts with the public is supreme. I don't know, but they choose to interact with me. I just mind my business. <laughs> I don't understand why anytime I'm at a store in a checkout line, somebody has to talk to me. Did I ask you a question? No. <laughs> Did I invite you? Does this face look like it really wants to have interaction with you? No. What about my face says I want to talk to a stranger right now? <laughs> None of it. None of it says that. But apparently my resting bitch face is still like very approachable. I don't know. <laughs> you got to work on it. <laughs> is it really a resting bitch face if people will still approach you? <laughs> yes. I am pretty confident that it is. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. so next question is going to put you two against each other. Is it okay to judge a friend who is cheating on their partner? So would you judge each other? Yes, 100%. Love you. Again, I would come from a place of compassion. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't just sit there and be like, okay, whatever you want. I'm your friend. I support you. I would really try to understand, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? If you even chose to tell me. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, I think that... um, I would really listen to, I guess, what sparked this to happen in the first place, because there's usually, like I said, something deeper there and try to not come off as judgmental and just come off as being a shoulder to lean on. But then also at the same time, if they're asking my advice, I'm going to be very honest and say Mm -hmm. what I feel. Yeah. But I would never, I wouldn't think I'd ever put Nicole in a position to have to make that judgment on me. (laughs) I know she would never do that either. So thankfully we'll never have to come to that. But there are other subjects that we do look at each other and go, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) We have no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Where, Where things go awry for me is with like, Some friends, this is speaking from like personal experience, some friends who are in long-term relationships or married and have had an affair and have continued to stay married or in their relationship, um, they still have expectations of you like respecting the marriage at the same level or respecting um I guess if they've got issues in their marriage like anyway things with their like current relationship um I just don't have the same level of like tolerance for and I don't have the same level of respect for like if you guys are cheating on each other or whatever the case may be then why do I need to I guess care or be involved to all of yes like that's the only I mean that's like a step further just because I've been in, in like uh, involved in that situation like don't bring me into your marriage like 
if you need a shoulder, I'm here, but like, don't involve me. Don't involve me. Also, don't expect me to know like what your current status is. Don't expect me to um, know that you and your significant other are going to be attending something together. Don't expect like don't expect me to play by all these rules that you've now created out of mm-hmm. your choices. Mm-hmm. And I'm not hiding it either. That's the other thing. I will just not be there because I won't be able to not say anything. Because if you don't value your relationship, then I don't think that you're a good friend. Like, that's a terrible thing to do to somebody. And that means you could potentially do, you do it wonder to me. from, like, if you can do that to your partner, what would you do to me as your friend? Exactly. That's where I'm at. Like, if you could, if you could do something to somebody you're supposed to be super emotionally connected to, and destroy them like that then and uh, like I'm just like a you know friend or somebody that really holds no weight in your life other than you know friendship level who who knows what you're saying behind my back or what you're willing to do behind my back no thanks I'm out yeah thankfully I don't have any friends who are cheaters like that (laughs) I've never surrounded myself with that so that's a good thing had my own back <laughs> I'm curious to hear if you two have different answers on this one if you were going to be cheated on would you rather be cheated on physically or emotionally physically physically yeah I'd rather you be blackout wasted have no idea no recollection the emotional cheat is way worse way worse yeah I'd rather it be like this moment of temptation Mm-hmm. Than this buildup of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If you were hooking up with someone and then you find out that they have a partner, do you tell the partner that they were cheating? Or do yep. you just let it go? I tell. <laughs> I tell because I believe in karma and I would want somebody to tell me. Sorry. <laughs> Um, that's a tough one. I don't know. I think it's dependent upon the persons involved, maybe. I I don't think that that necessarily is something that I would uh, want to get myself involved in. I think I would just remove myself from the situation. Yeah, I'd still say something. Again, that's why you confront them and you don't go for the the long-term plan too. (laughs) (laughs) Just as an FYI, in case you were curious, this person has been cheating on you with me and I didn't know you existed and you should know. And I'm sorry. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that anybody deserves that. I would have liked that. (laughs) I don't know. I understand that. I also think that people deserve it. I just don't know if I would put myself in that situation. Let's say it's like um, it's a. What if the guy turns out to be a whole whole fuck boy, like a whole fuck boy? Just meaning that he's like led me on for months and it's not going anywhere. Then I probably would. But if it's like a fleeting thing or um. Vegas you know, when I stand or whatever the th- yeah like I probably would just uh remove <laughs> myself and not continue to get into any more drama with these people I think there's the interesting thing I would be nervous to open myself up to be to her well I guess if it's like a a male-female relationship and it being like do I become the target and they think I'm the problem and I went after them when it's kind of like, I was just trying to let you know, but I think there is this storyline of blaming the other woman, so to speak, and how Carrie. Absolutely. And so it's kind of like, I don't know if I want to open myself up to that. I'd rather just excuse myself from the situation and go about my life. Right. Right. And I, I suppose too, like if you're in a marriage or a relationship and you're delusional, delusional, delusional on your partner's actual, you know, where they stand with you in your relationship and you just choose to ignore it and you know what's happening like she did 
and you're just riding it out until something crazy happens. And then you have to like, maybe this is her version of getting the test for AIDS. Maybe she wasn't going to say anything about it until something actually came up about it and it impacted her life. I don't know. I think it's less so with strangers, but I think if you also find out, I mean, hopefully you're not the one cheating in this situation, but if you find out your friends being cheated on it make, it would make me so nervous to tell them because like, what if they stay with them, the other person? And then it's like public. I mean, if that other person is willing to step out, somebody's going to know at some point. And then that's on you, man. Accountable for your actions as far as I'm concerned, but I probably wouldn't even be around. Like I wouldn't associate with those people anywhere anyway, because that one person is not mentally stable. She (laughs) needs help. And if she's choosing to stay with somebody that abused her like that, let's say, then they're probably not really trying to get healthy or better. They're just living in their fantasy world still, maybe. Yeah, she wants, Carrie wants her fantasy that this is her life with Big. Natasha wants her fantasy that this is still her life and nothing's wrong. It's not broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're both disillusioned. Yep, it's easier to live in denial. Yeah. Isn't that the, my favorite saying, ignorance is bliss? If you just live in ignorance, you're completely blissful. <laughs> Until you end up in a Motel 6. <laughs> <laughs> then you're no longer blissful. <laughs> or, take, or taking your, your lover's wife to the hospital. <laughs> That's next Reality level embarrassing. hard. For real. <laughs> Was there anything else that came to mind that really resonated with you from this episode or the question and topic? I think that there's just so many times, especially in my early 20s, where you had like, pregnancy scare like you're like wait I was drunk did we use a condom did we not do I need to go get plan b do I not like when you talk about (laughs) the safety aspect of um all of this yeah I mean I think the question originally was like wouldn't it be nice if people came with like a little pamphlet about them and so that would be amazing that way you're like okay I know that I uh could look ahead you know and be like okay that guy will wear a condom and i won't have to beg him (laughs) you know what i mean like what if everyone came with an information card and you could like swap information cards and be like these issues don't work with my issues so we're just not gonna (laughs) right right your your anxious attachment on detachment it's just not gonna (laughs) Our anxieties don't match. We're not compatible. Yeah. I just thought, I felt like it was pretty uh, progressive maybe for that time too, just to consider the emotional aspect of it while you're getting into bed with somebody. Cause I feel like a lot of that back then was purely physical and that was like the primary focus. And it was like, you either can have sex with somebody and disassociate or you just can't. I don't think there was really a lot of in-betweens. So that was really Progressive. I don't think they handled it the right way in the storyline. Well, whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the ideal outcome. <laughs> but yeah, I think that um, just the general feeling of are some of my behaviors high risk? And coming to terms with the fact that yes. <laughs> is uh putting a lens on yourself that sometimes you don't want to see like you don't there's a saying about like people don't want to look in the mirror right they don't want to be shown a mirror and i think that's what a lot of this was about absolutely mm-hmm. so yeah facing your reality right being I accountable mean, it's a tough one when um you're living fancy free <laughs> And then all of a sudden you get a reality check and then then now you're at the 
pharmacy trying to get plan B. <laughs> All fun and games until Carrie needs the plan B. <laughs> and the pharmacy is fresh out. <laughs> right. So then you just buy a pregnancy test and pray for the best. <laughs> You're like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll get extra good karma if I combine this pregnancy test with a box of tampons. Like if I just <laughs> buy this as a bundle. We can just will it away. We're going to manifest yeah. a non-pregnancy situation here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that strategy. I think that if ever there's a pregnancy scare ever again in my life, it'll happen to have <laughs> purchase of a tampons. <laughs> just cuss. <laughs> All the things we did in our 20s, I swear. <laughs> I know. Aren't you happy you had us on the show? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I am happy you came. This is fun. 